going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. This is the first Fantasy Alarm NASCAR DFS podcast of the 2024 season. Dan Malin, and as always, I am joined by the FSWA three-time NASCAR Writer of the Year, Matt Sells. Matt, the silly, or I can't say silly season. I mean, it was just a very short offseason, but it's over. We are back once again. Uh, it was just three months ago we were talking Phoenix as the, for the 2023 finale, and here we are, uh, two weeks away from Daytona, um, and here we are just talking uh, the clash for this weekend's race and doing a full uh, season preview as well, which drivers landed on new teams, what drivers get called up, who's getting sent down. But overall, how was the offseason for you? Uh, it was short, man. These things just keep getting shorter every year, it seems. Like, I know you and I get busy with, you know, we have full-time jobs outside of – this many people know i do a whole lot of stuff around the site also work for you know some other stuff dan has an actual real life big kid job uh outside of this <laughs> that keeps him pretty busy so you know it's just crazy to think about that december and january are the only two months on the calendar without racing right like it, it's nuts i know we don't talk f1 but the f1 schedule is getting longer too big news there lewis hamilton moving to Ferrari at the end of the year. Such a weird, like, news-breaking item to come out when I'm awake at 5.30 in the it's morning. It's also weird because it broke It broke twice. I know we're talking NASCAR here, but r- real quick. It broke twice because you sent it to me at, like, 5 o'clock this morning. We're recording yeah. this Thursday, uh, 1st of February. Um, and I was all over it. And it looked like it was, like, they had, Mercedes had told their people a couple hours later, Ferrari was locked in, like everybody had announced it. And then all of a sudden, at like four this afternoon, I don't know if they felt slighted by EPL deadline day or whatever, but at like four this afternoon, F1 tweets out breaking news, Lewis Hamilton to Ferrari. And I'm like, (laughs) this happened eight hours ago. It's not breaking. Like, so I don't know. I had to explain it to a friend of mine who his soccer chat got taken over by F1. And I comped it to Brett Favre going to the Vikings late yeah. in his career. It's about the close, like for non-F1 people, that's about the closest. You can, I mean, it's it's not like Brady going to the Bucks because they're not rivals, right? It's like. It would kind of be like if Brady went to the Jets. The Jets or the Bills or the yeah. Dolphins. But if Because I feel like if you kind of look at Ferrari, uh, they had really high expectations with LeClaire yes. and Sainz. Uh, they've had some success, and both drivers have gotten wins. But until it, it comes to time, pit road, and then at the same time, <laughs> it's Ferrari, and you should be contending for titles. And yeah, you know, Max Verstappen and Red Bull just have not have let anyone do that. Also, apparently, I found out today, Lewis Hamilton lives in Monaco <clears throat> and drives Ferraris when he's at his house in Monaco, which is also where Leclerc lives. So. Yeah. Whatever, uh, but yeah. So silly season for NASCAR. I don't. Was it really that much of a silly season, or did we really kind of know a lot of the stuff before the season ended? I mean, SHR, I feel like kind of dragged it out a little bit yeah. into the off season. But I also kind of feel like we knew a decent amount before the season ended as to who was going to be in the cars. There was a lot of moving pieces. We were talking before we recorded about how SHR nowadays is essentially just the 2022 all-star lineup for the Xfinity series. Basically. I mean, you've got Josh Berry replacing Kevin Harvick in the four car. 
Noah Gregson replaces uh, Eric Amarola, who I guess is just disappearing from everything. He's got some part-time uh, dates Thank lined up with yeah. Joe Gibbs Racing for Xfinity, but that's it. Yeah, just odd, I guess. Um, and then you've got um, Briscoe's back <laughs> for whatever that's worth, and Ryan Priest is back. But man, that's a that's a fall from where they were like four years ago. Yeah, I mean that is. I mean I know they're getting younger, sort of. Barry's not as young as we think he is. No. Um, <laughs> but and I guess good for Noah Graxson. He got a second shot. Kind Arguably of got an upgrade after getting fired last year. I mean, yeah. Although SHR wasn't that good last year, so we'll, we'll see. Um, colleague is completely weird. Yeah, I, don't, I don't get what they're really trying to do. But. Colleague to go to Rick Ware Racing for whatever reason, I don't know. Um, so they replaced Haley in the 31 car with Daniel Hemrick, so that's right. Malin over here is going to have to avoid trying to play him. Yeah. <laughs> um, the 16 car, which was piloted by Almendinger, who's now gone back down to Xfinity to run a full-time schedule down there. The 16 car is just going to be a bunch of dudes just filling in all season. Dudes. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to see who's who's lined up for what race because they can't even tell you right now who like most of the races that car is going to be run by. They announced seven for SPG uh, earlier yes. today, Thursday. Um, he's running both Talladega races, Coda, Watkins Glen, Chicago, because he won it, Vegas, uh, and I think Charlotte. Uh, yes. And that's it. But yeah, other than that, the 16th. Yeah, but that's driving. like, yeah, there's 31 other races I got to go fill that car for. Yeah. So, um, John Hunter Nemechek takes over the 42 at uh, Legacy Motor Club, which, by the way, switching from Chevy to Toyota. That's right, Jimmy Johnson, who won seven titles with Chevrolet, and Richard Petty are converting to Toyota. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Do you um, think, like, because a few years ago, he left the Cup Series because he said that he wanted to get back to feeling like what it was like to be a winner. Goes yes. down to the Truck Series, has a ton of success in the Truck Series, although a lot of people will argue that his success in a lot of those truck races was dependent on Kyle Busch letting him win. Had a really strong year last year with Joe Gibbs Racing in the Xfinity Series. But then he comes up, and we saw Legacy really struggle. Did not look very good last year. Do we think that the move to Toyota is a big upgrade for them? Because when I heard that Joe that John Hunter was coming back up but going to Legacy, I thought, like, you know, he just made this great trajectory kind of reinventing himself in the truck in the Xfinity Series. And, then he's, and now he's coming back up, and it's – doesn't seem like it's going to be a great opportunity for him to win. I thought he would have waited for a seat to open up at Joe Gibbs Racing because Toyota, TRD in general, doesn't have a lot of like young hot prospects outside of like maybe Jesse Love. Yeah, I mean, well, the problem is how stacked do you want to get when you have the four you have at Joe Gibbs Racing on the top on the top tier, right? Because two of them are kind of old though. I mean, yeah, Truex nearly retired last year and then didn't. And Denny is, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Obviously, Denny owns his own Toyota team, 2311. Those guys aren't really going anywhere 
either. So no. there's not a lot of open seats, and now you get one open. But I do think that John Hunter driving for Toyota last year in Xfinity will help a little bit. Obviously, those cars drive completely differently than the cup cars. But that's something to watch out for. I know Legacy was terrible last year. That's because they had no funding from Chevy. That's why they made the move to Toyota. They weren't getting any help from Chevy. They were a back marker team. Um, so, you know, you know we got uh, Carson Hosevar is in the 77 this year, kicking uh, Ty Dillon down, who I think is in the truck series. Did he wind up in the truck series? Uh, I think he took over Mepinadeno's ride with Rackley. I'm yeah, I think I think I think that's what happened. Yeah, I think that's um, what's yep, up. Yeah, Kaz- number twenty-five. Yep. Yeah, Kaz Grawl is back for twenty-five races for Rick Ware. <laughs> so congrats. Uh, that I guess <laughs> Josh Williams, otherwise known as an extra from Eastbound and <clears throat> Down, um, <laughs> is doing a partial schedule in the sixteen. So that's kind of the. Um, and then Zane Smith somehow wound up with a third car for Spire, too, which they're counting as the 77, but they're also saying Carson Hosevar is in the 77, so I'm not entirely sure what the third car for Spire. Oh, it's a track, it's a third car, but it's put on by Trackhouse, I think. Is that I think does Zane sound Smith right. is technically driving a Trackhouse car, but it's the third entry for Spire, yeah. I, I don't know how these things. Kind of interesting moves for Spire because didn't they buy out yes. Kyle Busch Motorsports? Yes, they did. Yeah. Although that technically still exists as a grassroots thing, is what Kyle Busch said. Basically, for him and his son to go drive around and race in grassroots. So, good congrats for to, good for them. Um, so, yeah, so we got a lot of moving parts. Probably wasn't the most uh, <laughs> intriguing thing to listen to, but kind of important because you know i guess equipment for me in the cup series matters a little bit less than it does say in the truck series or xfinity right like it's fair we all knew the last few years whoever was in the 51 truck was going to win right didn't really matter who was (laughs) tell that to jack wood Uh, fair fair (laughs) (laughs) um but generally speaking, I mean, there are backmarkers in the Cup Series if you are new to NASCAR, DFS, welcome. <clears throat> um, there are backmarkers in the Cup Series, but I feel like there's like, it's more of a split field like 50-50 rather than like 10 different tiers of equipment. I feel like what you're trying to say is there is a much wider gap in the truck and Xfinity series between yes. the good equipment and the bad equipment. Whereas yes. there is good equipment and bad equipment in the cup series, but it's not as wide of a gap. The bad equipment can still finish top 25 and not get lapped. That's not happening in the truck or Xfinity series. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, obviously there are wild cards, but um, do we want to recap? I mean, DraftKings and FanDuel didn't change any of their, set up yes you can still play on FanDuel despite the announcement that DraftKings is the exclusive offer of daily fantasy sports for NASCAR I don't know what that means because FanDuel still has clash contests up so either they didn't get the memo or they don't care um probably the latter um so you know nothing's changing in the scoring there nothing's changing in the setup on those um are we changing anything for content there on your side there, Malin? 
Uh, not particularly. Uh, you and I were talking uh, before the podcast that the playbooks are going to look a little bit different this year. Uh, if you're familiar with, you know, what the NHL and the NBA guys have done. Uh, and MLB, I think, has rolled out the cheat sheet. Yeah, it's going to be more of a cheat sheet format, which is basically just going to highlight pretty much all our six to ten favorite plays across the pricing spectrum. At the bottom, there will be a table that will have pretty much every guy that would have made a previous playbook, but he will just appear in a much more consolidated table, um, highlighted by, you know, I can even touch on my favorite cash and tournament-only plays, even though I think NASCAR DFS, because of the variance, especially at the yes. lower levels, is – it's much more of a of a tournament only yeah. kind of DFS. You sport. want to talk variance in Xfinity because it's off the chart. <laughs> um, but you know, excited as always, looking forward to the season. Um, I just don't think my excitement really kicks in until March because we start with the clash this weekend, Correct. which we're going to talk about shortly. Uh, exhibition race: two thirds of the drivers that you're seeing on DraftKings and Pendle, uh, they're going to make, make the field. The field. Like uh, 13 drivers are going to get booted, so they're not, like you can't even right. play them. Um, it's hard to pass at this track, but also like if you have good track position, you better not lose it. Um, you can, although I will say Kyle Busch found ways to pass last year. He rode the outside and drove up for it. <clears> but we'll we'll break down the clash here a little bit more. In, in, uh, in, but yes, the for for the cup, the playbook again will take the cheat sheet format. So I'll be writing up. Like Malin said, six to ten of my favorite plays from each, not from each, total, but it'll be broken down into like the high value, mid-tier value plays, stuff like that. The write-ups at the top will still be there. So my strategy write-up, practice results, the tables, those things will still be there. I'm just not going to write up 18 dudes a week. Um you know, because you're running up half the field essentially. Yeah, basically. <clears throat> um, and by June, what can we say about Kyle Larson? We haven't already said, right? Like, um, projections, uh, will start out as just cup. We'll have to investigate the other series further, but cup projections will be back. Um, we'll have the weekly pod, uh, here. We're still kind of settling on timing for it, so we'll keep you posted on uh that one as to whether it'll be an early week pod that does a whole race preview and betting preview uh or if it'll be post qualifying to solidify some stuff we're trying to sort that out um yeah core plays i think will be tacked on to the bottom of the cheat sheet uh but i will get clarity on that for the daytona 500 for sure uh there so most of it's staying the same just kind of consolidating the playbook a little bit, uh, make it easier for y'all to read. And then if you have any questions about anybody you want to play, we are always there in discord. Yeah. Um, so, you know, whether it be strategy, whether it be, Hey, this is my lineup. What do you think of it? Whether it be um, between these guys, you know, whatnot. Uh, but I do want to touch on weather for the clash. That's right. We're talking the, weather. It was looking better, right? It is looking better, but we're talking atmospheric river this weekend is what I've heard. Um, nice. That's going to be there at some point, and I think it keeps getting pushed a little later on Sunday, which is good, but they will have rain tires um, on the cars. However, they will not have wipers. They will not have rain 
guards, they won't have like the full blown rain equipment. They're just going to have rain tires. So what does that mean? It means if it's actually raining, they're not going to be racing. However, they won't have to wait as long for the track to dry before they get out there because they'll have rain tires, so they'll still have traction. And this track apparently dries very quickly, according to Bob Pockers, because they've had rain there like all week, and he said the track was way drier than the parking lot outside. Good to know. Good to know, because he also didn't know how they were going to use air titans on the track. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. Um, It is a late start for the festivities i think practice is at like six eastern saturday um and then you get heat races saturday evening yeah and the heat races by the way determine most of the field for sunday's clash then there's a last chance qualifier sunday uh i think at 6 30 eastern i believe um where the top I think couple drivers. I don't think it's very many. Uh, make that finish in the last chance qualifier. Make the main field for the clash, which is it. I believe like eight. Let me double check. I have the schedule up right here. Uh, the clash is at eight Eastern on Sunday night on Fox. So a little bit different format this year. Um, We'll have to see how it <laughs> how it works out. At least they're letting fans in for practice and heat races because they weren't going to do that originally. Um, there's also a Mexico a NASCAR Mexico Series race that's happening. Is that in Los Angeles? Yeah, I think it's also in the Coliseum. Oh, is it really? Like I think it's I think it's a short track race. Oh, nice. Suarez the- running that one. Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. I want to say maybe I saw something that he was, but I I don't want to, I don't want to, that's obviously not uh, DFS related, but yes, uh, there is a NASCAR Mexico series race there, which is, that sounds pretty awesome. Um, so, as far as bankroll goes, are you kind of playing yeah. it late this weekend? Like, I have reservations in contests, and I don't even know if I'm going to actually play Yeah, I'm playing pretty <laughs> light. I mean, A, the format is tricky, right? Because So here's here's mm-hmm. how I'm looking at it. I'm building lineups, and I'm probably going to tell people to play most. I Now, not to toot my own horn, but I have had pretty good luck writing playbooks for the Clash, and then guys I put in the playbook make it and this goes back to when it was at daytona and it was a wild card race like <laughs> like all over the place um that being said i'm playing light and i'm probably gonna feel pretty good about four to five of the guys that i have in my lineup and then i'll check on it certainly after the heat races um and then obviously, depending on the last chance qualifier and who makes it, if there's anybody that I want to slot it now. Now, keep in mind, you make it in the last chance qualifying, you're starting in the back. So it doesn't, like on a track like this, we're not going after position differential. <laughs> it's real hard to pass. It's a quarter of a mile track. Uh, it's, 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 y- yes. <laughs> Like, you thought you got lapped quickly at Martinsville or Bristol. <laughs> this is half that size. 
Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll play light this week. I mean, you know, it's it's fun. We're getting our feet wet. We have cars on the track. Then we get Daytona um, in a couple. Yeah, of again, it's another track that we advise people to play light because the Daytona 500 is such a momentum killer for new people coming to NASCAR DFS, and then they followed it up with Atlanta right after Daytona. This is why I'm saying I don't really get excited for NASCAR DFS. Probably until yeah. March. Yeah, because, uh, again, if you're new, Atlanta is just a smaller Daytona. <laughs> Basically, it's been – I mean, the last couple races have been cleaner, but it's still mm-hmm. kind of nuts. <clears throat> um, things don't really get predictable until March when they're out in Vegas and then Phoenix and then uh, Bristol and Coda. Wow, Coda's early this year. Nice. Um so if we were to just kind of do a quick preview of the driver pool. Yes. You know, who are some guys? Like, obviously, a team like Joe Gibbs Racing is going to jump off the, the page at us just because historically that's a team that does thrive and do well on short, flat tracks. And even Martin Truex Jr. won this last year. Right. Um, yes. And the fact that Larson is pricier than Truex on both sites is interesting to me. I mean, I know he's quick, but like, it's just it's just surprising. He had a decent night there last year. He finished fifth, um, but not really laps led or fastest laps if you're playing DK. Um, I don't know. The Truex sticks out. He won it, obviously. The one that really sticks out, and I think May, and I tweeted this out, I think he may be the most played guy. Bell? Bubba Wallace. Really? I think the people that actually watched the race last year realized that man led almost 40 laps. Yeah. And then on the late restart was bumped out of the way and could not get back in line and wound up finishing, I think, like 16th. But he was super salty. Yeah. He was super salty at the end. Like they showed that that clip of him just sitting and stewing in his car at the end of the race. He he had a really quick car, and then he got bumped out the way. I'm not sure that that happens. He's also Toyota, so if you like the Toyotas of the JGR camp, there's not really a reason to not like Toyotas owned by one of their drivers, right? Um, I do think Priest is interesting. He's a short track guy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think people who want Toyota but want to be the smartest guy in the room will play Bell, but I'm not sure that's the best play. Yeah, and I just go with Bell just because uh drives for the team that thrives on these – uh, tracks has historically at New Hampshire been outstanding, and, and New Hampshire is four times the length that this yeah. that Sunday's race will be. But still, uh, flatter track. It's the, it's the same aero package or has been in the past. Um, I mean, to give you an idea, last year he started twenty third in the Clash, finished thirteenth <clears throat> with four fastest laps. He was ninety seven hundred and put up forty two points. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we're not looking for five X here because a the track is small b it's not a lot of laps 
<laughs> and like, even if you win it and lead out, I, I'm not sure that you're hitting. I mean, what did Truex put up? Truex started second, finished first, had 14 fastest laps, led 25, put up 59 points at 7,300. So he he got there. But I'm pretty sure he's the only one in the field that got the 5X last year. I'm really intrigued to see what the boys from RFK Racing bring to the heat races on Sunday and then the actual clash on Sunday. Um, yeah, Kaz and Busher. Busher won three races last year. And, you know, I think coming into last season, he had two career wins to his name uh, heading into 2023. And over the summer and in the fall, came up with three really clutch wins. Um, Busher by far fourth. His- here last year uh and kez had a pretty good run too i believe well keselowski finished fourth from what i'm looking at for 46 points after starting ninth and also keselowski oh, I, think general, that's, I think those are the duels i think those are the duels am i looking at the duels i think oh I'm yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah same, same with me I, yeah the duels for daytona you can also play but we usually don't um but at the same time like still like my point stands like rfk and keselowski were coming on strong last year and it's going to be his third year with the team. Uh, a lot of people kind of feel like he he gets that first win with RFK Racing this year. Um, Eighty five hundred on Race Hub. He was a guest host on Race Hub last week and said they're gunning for two cars in the championship four. Wow. That I I, don't, I mean it's great to have dreams, man. <laughs> I mean that's Hendrick Motorsports' expectations, you know. I mean, Gibbs came out and said they want four cars in the final four. I believe them <laughs> when they say it. I'm not sure I believe RFK yet. One? Really. I could see one in yeah. the final four. I'm a little confused as to why Busher's cheaper than Kez. My only explanation for it on DraftKings, at least, uh, I haven't looked at Vandal's pricing. Name recognition for the most part. Even though Busher does have four wins in the last two years to Kozlowski zero. I mean, Busher had more top tens last year, outscored him in DK scoring. Yeah. And was the faster car based on most metrics most of the season. So I, I don't know if the we don't have to hold back for playoffs, like Busher's in the playoffs and um like, I don't know if that's playing a role in it, but it's just weird. Any potential dark horses with just a few minutes left? I know uh, we're more so previewing, I guess, our content and season in general, but I do want to kind of get your thoughts on maybe some guys that you like. Chase Briscoe's kind of jumping off the page at me at 7,400, but at the same time, like, not sure how much faith I have in, in those SHR cars. So if Suarez is, in fact, running the – Mexico series race. This is a good point. Yeah. He may get more track time than everybody else. Um I don't know. What Todd Father, do we do we go back to the Todd Father for race one of twenty twenty four? I I don't know. I looked at some um, charts of, based on speed last year and Gilliland at his price tag wasn't awful. I just don't think he had a good finisher, was able to move up during the actual clash. I just think everybody looks faster in the heat races. Just because yeah. there are so few cars on track and it's it's easier to post a good speed, whereas for the actual clash, you're you're in it with about twenty three other drivers, and you don't get to you don't get to perform as well as 
you know, your car was uh, to get you that far. So, yeah, I mean, here's one. What about Gregson? Coming in with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. He's got a lot to prove. He had a solid run at the Clash last year. Started 13, finished 14. Finished 14, yeah. I mean, he was 5,500, so that's not, it's not, I mean, again, you're not looking for 5X. You just want guys who can finish top 10 out of a top 23 field to have a good shot at putting up value. So I, I don't know. I think there's some interesting names here. Austin Dillon at 7,100 could be a sleeper because I'm not sure anybody realizes that guy finished second last year. Uh, who is going to be your with about a minute left? Who's your pick to win? Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook has the two Kyles listed at nine to one as the co-favorites. Uh, Kyle, I mean, I would probably lean more on Kyle Bush than Kyle Larson, but it's it's close. Uh, I think I'm going to take the uh, reigning defending Cup Series champion Ryan Blaney, uh, who I do like his odds at a solid fourteen to one. Yeah, they he also got cropped out of a New York Knicks. I saw like, that with Bubba Wallace. That was great. Yeah, he was sitting courtside with Bubba Wallace in the Knicks, and he put up <laughs> Bubba's picture, and then Ryan Blaney quote tweeted it, and somebody in the comments hilariously said, "Don't worry about it, Blaney. The Knicks don't know what champions are." <laughs> I thought that was priceless. I thought that was excellent. Um, Any final um, thoughts? Bubba Wallace at eighteen to one, intriguing. Um, I don't know. Truex. I mean, Truex won it last year, ten to one. Like you're getting a little bit of a discount for a guy yeah. who won it the previous year. So I, I don't know it. It's shaping up to be, I feel like, a very balanced 2024 season. I think we're going to have a lot of different winners. I just hope that, you know, between the two Daytona, between the six races between Daytona, Dega, and Atlanta, we do get some long shot wins at those tracks. It, that, yeah. That's always nice. It was fun seeing Ricky Stenhouse get the win last year. Everyone's always pulling for Corey LaJoy to pull something out of his ass when we head to these super speedway type tracks. So, um, but Matt, uh, it was a good kickoff, good preview for the clash. At least we'll be in the discord all weekend. Matt will have a, a write up for uh, Sunday's race as well. Again, play light. It's an exhibition race. It doesn't matter. Uh, but Matt, best of luck to you this weekend and best of luck to the FA nation. Best of luck. FA nation.